Welcome to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, where our goal is to connect listeners to the great outdoors with hosts Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. I'm host Ben Brandell, owner of Meant to Be Outdoors, instructor of outdoor skills, and passionate about personal growth. I'm host Brian Hoffmeyer, wildlife biologist and avid outdoorsman. Welcome back to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast. It is Myth Monday, and this is a hunting edition Myth Monday. Bow season for whitetail started here in Missouri last week on September the 15th. So we want to bring a hunting edition Myth Monday to you. I am your host, Brian, with my trusty co-host, Ben Brandell. Hopefully this topic will save some people some money when they go to buy their hunting gear mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. Ben, let's start out with what we are thankful for before we dive in to talking about scent control clothing i'm truly thankful for knowledge yeah you know science is knowledge knowledge is power science is knowledge knowledge is power you know being able to access everyone says google it just google it go google it you know having access to information is, is just so powerful and and uh just thankful that you know as you and i as we get into this topic as we get into white tailed deer some of that stuff um they're smart but they're not as smart as us so i'm just so thankful we are the smartest out there that's yeah if it feels good to be alpha that's for sure um and and not alpha over other humans but just over over all the animals living here we we're the top we're the top of the food chain and that that does feel good i want to give thanks for discernment um you know i personally believe that mostly comes from the holy spirit but just to be able to um question things or have that discernment and that's kind of how this topic even came to me several years ago of is this really cracked up to be what it says it is um and in the world uh, the outdoor world there's so much gear and it is a business people are trying to make money they want you to buy their gear over over something else um but a lot of the things the marketing things they're pushing is there is there relevance to that so having discernment um i'm thankful for that that's good that is a great one to have Discernment's pretty powerful as well yeah topic we're really going to dive in today uh, is surrounding carbon clothing you know in in the 1990s scentlock filed a patent for carbon clothing Um, the military uses carbon clothing we're going to be referencing some of the studies that they've done on Mm -hmm. it and how they apply it and what you're going to see is that it's it's pretty different and enlightening um to hunters because uh the military standards are much stricter than our hunting and marketing standards because really at the end of the day they just want you to to buy the expensive clothes um, but really the myth is is that carbon activated clothing so there's hunting clothing that is supposedly carbon lined that the carbon molecules in there can be activated it's going to absorb your scent so that when you are hunting big game animals that have a far superior scent capacity than humans they're not smelling you they're not detecting you and you're still able to make the harvest when all this came about i i fell for it i i got the 250 300 uh carbon activated camouflage I did, you know, and I was out wearing it one day, excited, thinking they're not smelling me, wasn't really noticing any changes in the way the animals were acting, I was still playing the wind, I passed gas one day while Mm. I was hunting, Mm. and you know, it smelled just like it smells when I'm not wearing carbon clothing. It didn't filter it out. And that's where that discernment kind of started to come in, and I kind of went, huh, well, if I can smell it. That deer who supposedly has 300 times greater sense of smell than I do, he definitely going to smell it. He's bad. (laughs) (laughs) And he's going to say, that ain't supposed to be here. Right. So that's when I kind of started asking these questions. And then, you know, 
really when I got out of college, out of undergrad and started working in the hunting industry and working with um, great scientists and starting to really dive into the science of carbon molecules and what they were claiming, that's when I really kind of took the top off of it for me and I really lost all belief in carbon clothing. Now, don't get me wrong. As a hunter, I fully believe in scent control. It's a hot topic decades later. Uh, people have been playing the wind since our natives. They they understood that if our scent is blowing at the bison, then they're going to run away. They know mm-hmm. we're there. So they right. understood to play the wind and not let our human scent go towards the animal that we're pursuing. But there's so many things because of science and knowledge and research that humans can do to reduce the amount of scent we're putting out there. However, in the hunting world, scent elimination and scent control get confused. Scent elimination is impossible. There is always going to be human scent no matter what you do. There are several efforts that you can make to reduce the amount of scent that you are putting out there. However, at the end of the day, I fully believe you still need to make your best effort to play the wind, meaning you're trying to guess the way the animal is going to be approaching you, and you want the wind always hitting you in the face so that the animal is coming from the direction, the opposite direction that your scent's blowing. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. And and before we get even deeper into that, I want to I rewind all the way back before activated mm-hmm. carbon any of this stuff, you know, 16 hunting out in the woods. We used to use scent wafers. So that was a new market. It was a, what they smell like They, You know, sometimes it smelled like pine. Sometimes it smelled like dirt. Yeah, you know, the you, soil. Were you always hunting in pines? <laughs> no, <laughs> but I believe that it, it covered my smell. I'd wear them on my hat. I'd wear one on my shirt. You could clip these little, these little wafer circle wafer things. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was the technology that was out at the time. Um, but when I would wear them, it wasn't like I did any better when I didn't wear them. Right. It was just, it gave me this peace of mind of like, you know what, there's something I'm going to try. Mm-hmm. But, cover sense is what, there's a whole category of cover sense. Right. So that's where you're getting into this topic today. We have cover sense, you know, there's this idea of scent elimination, and then we have this idea of scent control. And sounds like where you're at right now, scent control is the best the way right that's what you're trying to do um but then i also had to like think back how do you know i've learned a lot from you about deer how deer smell but i think you tried to describe it to me this way and 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 since then i've i've really been paying attention like when i go to new places so you and i have been to hotels everyone listening has been to hotels but like when you walk into like your hotel room and you you open up that door you take a big smell like... It doesn't smell like home, does it? Doesn't it doesn't smell like home, mm-hmm. right? The same way as when I go to my grandma's, open the door like grandma's has a smell. Like that's that's how grandma's right. house smells. And so, you know, you were kind of describing like when we as humans walk into the woods, when we're in the woods, you know, we're not there 365 not our, days. It's not our home. It's these animals' home. It's their, these animals' homes. And we walk in, it's that same concept of mm-hmm. like, that is different. Well... Deer especially, but most animals, the number one way that they communicate is it isn't visual. It isn't language like you and I have. We're speaking. Humans, the number one way we communicate is through our voice. And you don't just go out to the woods and hear animals speaking. You'll hear birds tweeting. That's pretty common for birds to communicate through sound. But especially for deer, the number one way that they communicate is through scent. They have scent glands all over their body, on their heads, on their legs, on their rears, all over they communicate 
through scent. Whether it's on a rub or a scrape, where they've peed, where they've pooped, they know the scent of every deer that lives in their home range. They know if a deer that's not normally there is there because of scent. So do you think that if a pine wafer is there, they know, well, that's not usually here or that usually is here? Right. They do. There is another form of communication. And whenever they do this, you're usually in a bad way, right? So <laughs> so when you get busted, they blow. Yeah. It's loud. They're communicating to everyone else, and it's too late for you. They're usually, they've smelt you, and it's done. It's done. But those scent wafers, yeah, I mean, what I'm finding out is, is all they're doing is they're adding another scent. They're not even covering your scent. Yeah. They're adding more to what they can smell. So when we're talking about activated this and, and all these scent controls, you know, what, Brian, what you're, what you're getting into is how can we minimize our smell in the outdoors? Mm-hmm. And you've, you've just shared one way is using the wind, you know, allowing the wind to uh, hopefully the game is in front of you with the wind blowing at you so that in theory you could smell them, they couldn't smell you with the direction of that wind. But Yeah, and just little precautions is washing your hunting clothing in, in soap that doesn't smell like flowers not wearing your hunting clothing to the gas station or to breakfast in the morning. Keep it in a sealed bag. If it's just a trash bag, doing those little things to reduce the amount of scent, that is scent control. Mm. But you are not eliminating your scent. You cannot. It is so impossible. any of these products out there that talk about scent elimination it's is not a myth. scientifically possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before I really get into the carbon, I want to talk a little bit about um, how Animals with really good sense of smell, really good olfactory systems like bear, hogs, deer, dogs, how that kind of works and compare that to humans. It isn't exactly known how much better it is. It is hypothesized through research that a dog and a deer's sense of smell is about 300 times better than a human. The reason it's difficult to equate is because it's not exactly synonymous synonymous, uh, to human scent, meaning they smell in stratuses. It's layers. Um, you know, a cheeseburger, when you smell a cheeseburger that's fresh, Ben, you're smelling the meat. I or, usually just smell the meat. You just smell the meat. Yeah, the- you don't smell the cheese, the lettuce, the onion, the tomato, uh, the ketchup. You don't smell the bread. You don't smell all that. You smell the meat, right? Well, more how these animals smell is in stratuses. They smell the bread. They smell the meat. They smell the seasoning on the meat. They smell the cheese, the onion, the tomato. They smell all of those different layers, and they can recognize which one's there and which one's not. The reason I even bring that up is because a lot of these cover scents or sprays, they have chemicals in them. And while you can't smell that, it may just smell like fresh earth to you. Mm -hmm. There are chemicals and preservatives in that that they are probably smelling. So it doesn't just smell like the earth that they've been around for their life. So it is just, it's very hard to compare, to go to the store, smell something with your nose and say, oh, that's going to work because you're not a, you're not a deer. You're not a dog. You're not a bear. Does that make sense? It absolutely does. And I think that's the awakening for me is that, you know, I thought we were trying to cover our scent, Mm -hmm. but you're, you're, the reality is you're never covering it. You're adding more smells to you. Right. You're adding more. You're, You're trying to blend into their home. Um, yep. is what you really want to do at the end of the day and adding more smells is Doesn't not work. usually the best route. Right. So let's try, Let's really jump into our topic, carbon activated clothing. And I'm going to tell you the myth is that it eliminates your scent. And I'm going to tell you that it does not. 
it doesn't even really do a whole lot to control your scent. And I'm going to get in the science of these carbon molecules they use. I'm going to use some research that the military has put out, some actual field studies that they have done using mm -hmm. dogs. And hopefully by the end of this, you don't go buy this stuff. If you have it, don't go burn it. You can still use it. It's still camouflage. But hopefully this is kind of an awakening uh, for some hunters. And I hope that if you are a hunter and you listen to this, share this with some other hunters. Let's get this truth out there. I'm not trying to put companies out of business. I want you to be more successful. Spend your money wisely. Buy the right stuff. Fair enough? Fair enough. All right. So activated charcoal clothing. What they're saying when they sell it to you is that their clothes that you are buying are filled with carbon molecules so when you really start to look at them and i've done this as i'm wearing some of these clothes where is it right <laughs> i don't see carbon pads there's nothing sewn in is it even in there you're really just trusting that it's even in there then i'm looking at well it's 75 degrees today this this light jacket that i'm wearing is a quarter of a centimeter thick how much could they even possibly fit in here and when you look at the science of carbon actor the truth is carbon can absorb scent molecules i'm not saying that it can't it can but i'm just saying how it's utilized in clothing isn't proper the thicker the carbon the more carbon molecules are there the more scent that it can actually absorb the more things that are actually scent molecules are locking onto this carbon and staying with that molecule instead of going out into the environment however if you're wearing a tiny little thin piece of clothing and there may or may not be a little bit of carbon wound through there somewhere, its capacity, how much it can actually hold, is so small. Secondly, once you activate carbon, which is done by heat, it's activated and it's constantly absorbing. So if you wash it, activate it with heat, they tell you to do it in the dryer, which we're going to get into that in a minute too, and then you hang it in your closet, by the time you use it, that's capacity to absorb is done. You really need to put it right into something, theoretically, that is completely scent tight and it's not absorbing anything. Um, the other side of that is that it also absorbs water vapor. So if you are wearing carbon clothing and the relative humidity around that clothing is above 50%, it is now, the pores of that carbon are now being blocked by water vapor molecules. It can't absorb scent because it's mm. blocked by water. Now, how many times when you go hunting do you perspirate? Do you sweat a little bit? Oh, I think almost every time. Just It is a trek back to the truck. Correct. Yep. So almost all the time, even when it's cold, you're going to perspirate. The humidity in the air is also a factor. It doesn't take a lot to have the relative humidity above 50%. I'm going to go say 9 times out of 10, it may be 10 times out of 10. When you go hunting and you're wearing carbon-activated clothing, the relative humidity around your body and around that clothing is going to be above 50%, meaning that those carbon molecules are holding on to water vapor, not scent. So there's a reason right there where it's probably not working. And so it really is doing nothing for you at that point. And if that's happening most of the time, then then why even have it out there? And, and that just goes back to... It, to me, it's it's a business. It's a hunting business. They want you to, to buy these clothes. And the reason I even want to kind of debunk this is, guys, they're charging crazy amounts mm -hmm. for this clothing. I'm talking there's a fleece pullover jacket. I'm looking at it right now. So let me ask Pro you Shops. this. Yeah. Four hundred dollars. Four hundred bucks. So let me ask you. Hundred and eighty dollars for a pair of pants. If I wore the base layer mm -hmm. plus the thin jacket mm -hmm. with the fleece under or over it and the stocking cap and the gloves. All carbon activated as well. All you're carbon me. activated yeah. pants, boots. They have it all. 
uh, masks. They have the masks. If I've got that head to toe, in theory, that could work a little bit better because there's thicker and more. There's more carbon. More carbon. You have a higher capacity. Correct. Yeah. Um, the military uses this technology that we're talking about, this carbon-activated clothing. They actually use it uh, in chemical warfare situations. They hand out what they call chemical warfare garments. However, they're very thick. The The level of carbons that they put in theirs are much higher than what these hunting uh, companies claim. The military standard is that if you wash a chemical warfare garment six times, it is now trash because it no longer works. It's done. It's done. If you have it for longer than 45 days, it is now trash. The life expectancy of that carbon is no longer. Mm. It's trash. So if it's washed six times or 45 days, it's done. it's done. Now let me ask you this. Who in their right mind wants to pay $400 for a fleece carbon-activated jacket, keep it for 45 days, and then throw it away? Well, I wouldn't. I don't. <laughs> I'm going to still wear it. Yeah, it's because it's still gonna... camo, Yeah, and it's that's fine, and it may be a great piece of clothing to keep you warm, but it is not controlling your scent anymore. It's not. Right. It's done. Right. And so <laughs> if, you're, if you're washing it, if you're using it, it has a very short life expectancy, so much so that the much higher-rated military stuff is only 45 days and six washes. What do you think the cheap stuff you're buying at the store is? Right. Less than that. Right. Less than that. Secondly, for you to really be controlling your scent, you should be taping and zip-tying every opening. The zipper should have a flap that's carbon-lined over it. You should have this tight thing around your neck and your cuffs and your hands. It's not covering your whole body, right? Bill Winky. Midwest whitetail, he's known for harvesting some of the the largest number of world-class whitetails in, in the hunting industry. Super popular online. You can look him up. He has been through all this stuff. He doesn't use this clothing anymore. He's quit several years ago after using it for 15 years and saying, I've noticed no difference. He says, just through his experimentation and working, and stick with me here because this is kind of strange, that he believes PVC, so full plastic, non-porous plastic, he literally wears PVC waders, and then he wears a PVC jacket, tapes the seams, the neck, the wrists, and tucks it in to his PVC waders. He has found that that has been more effective in a hunting situation than carbon clothing that he's tested for a decade and a half. Well, I don't know if you've ever done that before, but I've done something similar. He goes on to say it's incredibly hot and uncomfortable. That's exactly what I was going to say. You sweat because it's not breathable. It completely traps in it, which is why it's some of the best material used for waterproof, like Correct. actually having rain gear. But back to deer, yes. Yeah. Um, they did a study with dogs, and they use dogs because it's very similar uh, olfactory systems to, to deer. Um, and olfactory is your, is your sense of smell. Um, they took 42 people. They put 21 of them in these carbon-activated hunting suits, and they put 21 of them not in them, and they sent them out all into the forest, spread out everywhere. And then they sent these dog, these tracking dogs out to find them. Guess what? They found all 21 people not wearing a suit, and they found 20 of the 21 that were wearing carbon-activated suits, which there's room for error in a science study. Could it have been the suit? Yes. Could it not have been? Yes. What they did find was that it very, very minutely reduced how long it took the dogs to find them. It took 2.7 minutes to find the people without the clothing and only 3.4 for them to find the people mm. with the clothing 
Now, is that enough difference to charge that much for clothes? You're going to be out there hunting longer than 3.4 minutes, right? Right. That deer is going to be in range of smelling you probably longer than that because he's going to be in range of smelling you from like a mile away. Mm. Wow. As they're coming in. So that study right there alone, just with dogs, being able really negligible differences between the suit and not is enough for me right there to say, well, who cares? I'm not going to buy it then. So let me put you on the spot. Okay. Mm -hmm. I have enough money that I can buy this stuff. I, I'm gonna. I have enough money, and it only found 20 people, not 21. So you're you're telling me there is a tiny chance that it could help me. Correct. You know the myth today is is really to to, to share that there is no such thing as elimination. Correct. We can't do it. Mm -mm. But in this product, if I had enough money, and I chose to, and and maybe somehow it gave me a one second advantage, would you still be against me having it? I, I would not be against anybody having this. Perfect. I'm just trying to say that it's probably not worth uh, three times the money as the jacket that you can go get in the Walmart hunting aisle. Right. Right. Uh, the last piece of science that I really want to share that's pretty powerful, um, and this isn't really arguable, um, it's the science about the actual carbon molecules, these activated carbon molecules that they're claiming is in this in this clothing to reactivate it if you follow the directions on the tag you're supposed to wash it they actually say only wash it if it's dirty has blood on it because they know that washing it reduces its life expectancy right that you're supposed to put it in your dryer at home and that supposedly is gonna as we know heat makes all molecules move faster going to heat up these carbon molecules it's going to open them up it's going to release everything that's been absorbed and now they have they're reactivated they're fresh they have this capacity to absorb again remember the second you pull it from the dryer and activate them they're absorbing constantly you can't turn it on and off second to fully reactivate a carbon molecule to have its full capacity to absorb scent molecules it has to be heated to a temperature of 1472 degrees fahrenheit 1,472 degrees Fahrenheit. That's hot. It also, if you are heating something at that temperature, it has to be in a controlled environment without oxygen. Otherwise, it's going to explode. <laughs> so do you know anybody's dryer at home that is an oxygen-controlled environment that can heat to 1,472 degrees? Nope. I know mine doesn't. And I doubt that anybody has one at home like that. So just that right there alone, just the, that fact about these carbon molecules, I don't believe in it. it it's right. not there. And I'm saying I don't believe in it because not just because I've taken it out, I've used it, I've witnessed, it doesn't really make a difference. I'm taking science and I'm putting science to this about what these molecules really do. And even at the end of the day, when the military is using it, their standards are better than, than hunting standards. There's really no standards. They can put out whatever and make any claims about whatever clothing that they want. They're using thicker carbon. It's basically disposable after 45 days. They're throwing it away. So at the end of the day, I don't believe, I don't want anybody to go out and waste their money on carbon charcoal activated clothing. That's good. Well, it's good information, man. I'm glad you shared it because I'm newer to all of that. Again, I was the wafer man, you know, mm -hmm. um, they have a lot of sprays, you know, that's something that, uh, I think is starting to help people hunt better. The different types of sprays that are out there to help 
control some of your smell. Right. But I just love that we're sharing that there is no way to truly eliminate it from ozone to any of these. You, it's You're going to be picking up smells, just like Grandma's house, just like that hotel. When we enter the scene, we're always going to have some sort of smell on us. Um, yeah, we're, we're shedding billions of skin cells every single day as humans. That's what dust is. That's why there's so much dust in, in any of our mm-hmm. dwellings because we're shedding all these skin cells. What happens? Those start to decompose. So if there's bacteria present, that decomposition of those skin cells is what really puts that human scent out there. So I think a better approach in some companies are going to this is reducing the bacteria so that decomposition rate is slower while you're hunting so you're not putting out as much smell but anyway i hope that you guys uh, can go out get some camo i don't care what camo it is find a place to go hunt even if you just want to take some pictures of the animals that are out there use some scent control methods play the wind have some discernment whether you're fishing hunting paddling whatever you're going out to do about the products that you're buying if Mm -hmm. you have questions reach out we'd love to share our opinions and some science behind why we use what we use we're not always going to be right but we do um we have been in this for a long time and we do do our due diligence and research about the things that we share so that is it for this myth monday episode on the meant to be outdoors podcast i hope that you guys will download subscribe and follow along to each of our episodes share it with others so they can enjoy it as well follow us on tiktok instagram facebook if you want to support the podcast we have a patreon that you can become a monthly member for five dollars or ten dollars a month We thank you so much for listening. Please find time to go enjoy the great outdoors. Thank you for listening to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, hosted by Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandel. Please help us by subscribing. Also, follow along on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook.